Bacon. Don't skip through this ad. Bacon. We all love it. I know you do. Don't lie to yourself. You know you love it. United Harvest is looking for the best bacon in the world. Legitimately. They're on a mission to find the best bacon in the entire world that they can get to their customers. If you think you know of the best bacon, or if you raise pigs that, and you think your cured bacon is the best, shoot me an email. Brown at baramedia.com United Harvest is legitimately looking for a bacon outlet. Somebody that they can distribute for the highest quality bacon. UnitedHarvest.com This is the show with Cannon Brown. I said thank you, but no thank you um, to, to the Queen of England. <laughs> I was like, what? Thank you, but uh, no thank you. Oh, I'm born and raised in Australia, and, and you get, you know, you're raised under the monarchy of the Queen, the system, and I didn't really like it. I was just mm. like, you know, not, not, not dissing on the Queen. It's just that thank you, but no thank you. I, I'm, yeah. I'm in the midst of it here anyway, and that's quite a flex that you just said right there, by the way. Not saying thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. I did the same to P. Diddy, actually. It was interesting. <laughs> well, the thing was... That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? Welcome back to another wonderful week of podcasts. My name is Cannon Brown, and you are listening to the show. I have an incredible guest for you guys today, a little bit different from what we usually do. I have a professional and executive chef on the podcast he is the executive chef for United Harvest, our premier sponsor for Barra Media. And I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know anything about what it meant to be a professional chef or an executive chef or, or anything like that. But it wasn't anything like what I got from Chef Andre in this interview. The stories that he has, the experiences that he's led uh, through his profession are second to none. And I, I mean, you guys heard the cold open. He said no to the Queen of England to cook for her. And he's cooked for a, a bunch of queens queens and kings. It's, it's wild, okay? Chef Andre is an incredible guy. I was happy to have him on, uh, happy to get some knowledge on an industry that I don't really know anything about. Uh, and I'm happy that he's a part of the United Harvest team, uh, for first and foremost. So... That being said, I talk too much. That's uh, that's been known. Let's do it, Chef Andre. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. I think we should promote this really hard. Then, if this is your first ever podcast, I don't know if I'm going to do you justice on the uh, on the chef talk, but um, we'll, we'll see. No, it's all good. I don't. Yeah, I've, I've I don't live a, a life of television and all that sort of stuff and podcasts and stuff. But you know what? Matt spoke so highly of you that I said, uh, <laughs> and he's very selective on speaking highly of people. And um, I said, well, buddy, let's do the podcast. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. And um, like I said, we can go an hour. Or we, we can go shorter if you want. You just, you let me know. No worries. No worries. Okay. Okay, sweet. Well, yeah, like I said, I'm glad I got you on. Um Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chef Andre, talented, talented Chef Andre. Um, I would like to tell you what I made for dinner 
two nights ago and get your opinion. If if we can just start out with that, are you cool with that? <laughs> sure, Cannon. Okay, so I I got a little crazy. I got a little bored, and I was in the grocery store, and I just thought, you know what, sounds good, a green bean casserole. And I know it's not green around Thanksgiving casserole. or. Yeah, green bean casserole. Do you like Do you like green bean casserole? Mate, I, I don't think I've ever had one, to be honest. I've worked in 15 countries and lived in nine, and uh, please go on. Please tell me. Oh, God. Okay, do you want me to explain what a green bean I casserole do. is? I do. I want, to exp- I want you to explain uh, all about it and where, where you learnt this or where, or where it originated from. And uh, Okay. Yeah, that's too um, it, really, it, isn't it? what's that that's two things really it's my first time on a podcast and it's my first time hearing about a green bean casserole mate oh gosh i'm so happy that i can just introduce you to so many things today (laughs) so let me tell you what a green bean let me tell you what a green bean casserole is it is it was made by i just i i have no history or origin story of the green bean casserole i'm just going to make it up as i go it was made by a pioneer woman uh, a pioneer woman some time long ago that just found the cheapest things that she could find and bake it and then it's incredible so it's it's literally you get two cans of green beans i put in four because i like a bigger batch you get you get as many green beans as you want i like to cook them cook the green beans Throw them in a dish uh, to bake it. You put a little bit of milk. You put a little bit of soy sauce. You put I put a little bit of Worcester sauce, or I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm just going to go along. Oh, put yes. a little bit of pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, and then you put in um, fried onions, French's fried onions, um, and you just you kind of spread them around, stir it, and then you put it in an oven for like 30 minutes, 25 minutes. Uh, and then it's a casserole and it's the green beans are, they're delicate. Uh, oh, you put cream of mushroom soup in there too. Sorry. I, really? I missed the it cream of mushroom like soup. It, yeah. It would be a hearty meal or could you, you could serve it as a side dish too, couldn't you? It's, it's a heavily, heavily side dish around, uh, like Thanksgiving and yes. Christmas. Yes. This is a staple in American Thanksgiving and Christmases. This meal is, and it's usually served as a side dish, but Here's where I got a little inventive. I decided to make the green bean casserole, but then I went back to the butcher's section and I was like, but I also want a steak. So I bought two New York strips. I'm, they weren't United Harvest. I'm sad to say they were just from the local grocery store. I, it, they would have been better if they were United Harvest. Um, <laughs> no worries. But I got two New York strips, sliced them up, and I layered the top of the green bean casserole with new york strip steaks uh and baked it for like 30 minutes oh my gosh dude it was i i'm gonna send you a picture Mate, I, I have to send you a picture hard. really quick it sounds it's, yeah please do it sounds it hard. was a very hearty meal you're you're i mean you hit the nail on the head with that it like you can't get any much heartier than that yeah real comfort food right like real <laughs> real sit back in your chair and can't move afterwards <laughs> Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Real like, a, it, you know why I like this is because I can I can have a lot of leftovers. You just sent me a picture, mate. Okay, let's have a look at this thing. Um, yeah, so take a look at that. I just sent it to you. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm going to have a crack at this. Just, dude, you are a professional chef. You're a professional chef. You, this would be... <laughs> This would be the easiest thing for you to make in your entire I, life. Yeah, well, yeah, it would be. It'd be like grilled cheese to you. I had my first peanut butter jelly sandwich the other day on a ranch. And oh, yeah, Matt sent me that video. What, what did you think of it? Are you used to the Vegemite sandwiches or what? Right. I do miss the old Vegemite. And now, listen. I love Vegemite. You know, it's not, it's not like uh, people say the most oddest things about Vegemite. I don't blame them because you don't get a teaspoon or a tablespoon and shovel it into your mouth. It's very, very bitter and acidic and um, very, very salty, more, more should I say. Um, it's basically... It's, That's why I love it. I love the salty. The, yeah, it's it's just so harsh and I love it. On oh, toast? Oh. Yeah. So a sourdough toast, lots of grass-fed butter, and just a little smidgen of just a real light feathering of Vegemite. I, you can't go wrong, you know. You go vegan. Oh, it's brilliant. Sounds delicious. You could, add a, you could add a fanned avocado, a slice up an avocado and a fried egg on top or a poached egg on top, you know, and some arug- uh, arugula and lemon juice. Yeah. But anyway, this isn't food. You just, put me in a, you, you just put me in a trance right there. I want you to know that. The way that you speak about food, it was just so heavenly. I'm like, oh, what? So soft. No idea why I have. I'm. I'm actually very blessed with the body that I have. I and I. I, don't, I say that without ego. I say that very humbly. I'm very grateful. I don't know why I'm not a huge chef. You know, there's a lot of my mates who are chefs. <laughs> got a bit of weight on you know because we <laughs> we eat all day. <laughs> yeah, we're very fortunate. However, saying that. I eat very clean food. I eat, it's all about what you purchase and what you put into your body and what the integrity of the ingredient is and where it came from. You know, it really does make a difference. I agree with you. Was it, have that, has that been something that you've kind of always held in the back of your mind or is that something that when you became a chef, you decided, Hey, I want the best ingredients coming from the best uh, spots, or, or did you, did you did your family believe that? Where, where did that come from? I really do feel, looking back at it, I, I came from my grandmother's both sides. One was German, one was South African, um, and um, they always used the best. When it came to my parents, and I love them dearly. Can I swear on here? <laughs> yeah, you can. I don't care. They couldn't. They couldn't cook for shit. <laughs> and i and my mum would clip me over the year bless her i love her dearly um but um (laughs) that's why i became a chef i think that and because i i I didn't want to go to church on sundays now listen if you want to go to church on sundays that's absolutely fine i just didn't want to go because i had a, a father who was a minister for 47 years all of my uncles were ministers both of my grandfathers were ministers and my great-grandfathers were ministers and I was the first one to not go <laughs> be a minister. Oh, wow. Bugger that, mate. I'm going to be a chef. Okay. <laughs> I can eat. I can travel the world and I can eat. And I, and that, to me, being in a kitchen is better than being in a church. It's very uh, holistic and meditative for me. You know, I just absolutely am blessed to have uh, the profession and career that I have chosen. 
Well, I bet you almost see a, a kitchen as a church in some way. I mean, that's that's your holy place. That's where you feel comfortable. That's where uh, you have your family. I, I mean, if you're in a restaurant for a number of years, I mean, I'm sure you become uh, family members with those people. So, I mean, that I mean, that's your church right there. You didn't skip church. You just found a new place to practice it. Yeah, and that's a very good way of putting it, uh, Canon. Um, yeah, because uh, I do. I'm a firm believer that there is a higher power. But um, I'm not going to get all religious now. <laughs> oh well, yeah, we don't need to get religious here. That's the beauty of of life, isn't it? We have um, there's 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 beauty in everything. You know, I love to surf. I was on the I was out of the ranch for the for a few days last week. And, mate, this ranch in Oregon, I went to three actually, but this one ranch in Oregon, my heart, it was, my heart just, something happened to my heart in a good way that hasn't happened for a long, long time. My heart felt like it was healing from, gosh, what am I, 50 this year? I feel like I'm Yoda. <laughs> with all the things I've seen, <laughs> but the thing is, my heart it felt like it was it was repairing or something. I could feel this beautiful fresh air coming off the snow-capped mountains, uh, through across all the the hundreds of acres of pla- flat plains on this cattle ranch, and yeah. my heart constantly felt like it was just. It was in the happiest place and the most peaceful place and the most I, – I still want to get back there right now. I was just – there was something – I don't know if it was a healing ground back in the day or, or, or centuries ago with Indians or I have, I have a feeling that there was something spiritual there. But it was just – I have been very blessed with all the places I have been to in the world. Um, yeah, but yeah. – New you're ranch, right. New to ranch life. Yeah. Yeah, you are new to ranch life, and you're right, dude. There, there, there is something that happens when you get to be uh, acquainted with, like, a ranch. If you go to a new one or you, or you go to one you've been to for a while, once you kind of get in gear with the people that, are, that live there and own the place and uh, you really understand the passion that they have for their job, their everyday job is ranching. Uh, or maybe they have some side gigs, but their main job is taking care of cows and taking care of their land. It's it's a beautiful sight to see. It really is. It really is, and, and I'm looking forward to going back. We're going back in a few weeks to. We're scheduled to do a few shoot, film shoots there, so I'm really looking forward to it. And um, yeah, who knows? You know, uh, <laughs> who knows what the future holds? But I. I've been in the city for quite a while, Beverly Hills for about five years, and uh, Hollywood, Beverly Hills. Never had planned that ever, you know. It just happened. And, uh, you know, a gig was offered to me, and I thought, why not? And I learned a lot about that place. I learned to love it, actually, because you've got to make the most of wherever we are, right? Yeah. Make the most of. And the only way to make it great is to be kind to people and to be considerate and compassionate, even if it's, you know, at times, you know, cities are very stressful, fast-paced. And right, you know, the last 12 months, obviously, many people throughout the world have uh, have experienced some uh, uh, a rough trot 
um, with what's been going on. But anyway, um, looks like we're we're moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Are you in LA right now? I am in San Diego. I'm never in one place. When did I speak to you last? A few days ago, I was in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. Before that, I was in Oregon. Before yeah. In... Yeah. Gosh dang, yeah, you're a traveling man. Yeah, my schedule for the next, goodness me, eight to ten months is different place every month. Hmm. Yeah. So, love- well, let's go ahead. I love it. Oh, you love traveling? I love it. Yeah, I love it because I love people. I love culture. I love food. I love art. I love music. Uh, you know, it's it's traveling is you can never I can never get enough of it. I need to do more of it. Honestly, I, I haven't done enough of it. I need to get out there, travel in new countries. You're you're a spring chicken, mate. Aren't you? What are you? Twenty. <laughs> yeah. A, you're a spring chicken. I'm a season chicken. <laughs> That's well. You still got plenty of years left. Fifty is the new thirty, didn't you hear? Yeah. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're golden. Yeah, I feel like. Oh, you know what? Can and I feel better than what I did when I was twenty-five. I feel fitter, healthier, clearer in the mind, more excited about life, and um, more relaxed. A whole lot less stressed. I, 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 I. I turned 50 in November and I can't wait. I'm looking forward yeah. to turning 50. The older I get, the better I feel. I have no explanation for it. I just feel like I'm blessed. Really? Yep. You just, you're seeing things clearer and clearer every year that you, that you get older. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably because I made a lot of mistakes when I was younger. Right? Well, that's fair. Because you make a lot of mistakes. You know, we don't know what we think we know what we're doing. Yeah, you know, and a true honest mistake is an honest mistake. You know, you stuff up, but the thing is, that's a part of life, right? You don't it is. Made to stuff up and and upset others or ruin, you know, your business or your career path for a, for a little while, or you don't plan it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little no, it the way you know when it might be. It might be you know. There might have been a girl once or twice that came into my life that really you know. Um, Knocked me off my feet. Love is a beautiful thing, but I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have anyone in my life at the moment because I'm constantly travelling. It's not fair. It wouldn't be fair to to to, to a darling woman to be in my life. I just um, not one for having phone uh, a phone uh, relationship on the phone. I can understand that. I that wouldn't make any sense to me. It's or it's very hard. FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, FaceTime. Gosh dang. We can we can zoom. <laughs> we can zoom. Can I have a hug? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can't do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like we said, though. I mean, you're you're still a uh, a young buck at heart. I mean, there's there's still plenty of time for you to find some lucky lady. I know plenty of gals that uh, love good cooks. So. Mate. Uh, yeah, I was told that a girl from a ranch or from the country would be probably up my alley because I'm slowing down. I'm not really slowing. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm slowing down. I'm <coughs> slowing down. It's, 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 I, don't, I don't need. 
I don't need much in my life. <coughs> right? Don't die on me. Come on. You're young. Uh, <coughs> I don't... You're right? Yeah, sorry. I <coughs> I took a drink or something and... <coughs> <coughs> Sucked it down your lung sideways, did you? Gosh dang, I guess I did. Yeah, yeah sorry about that. No worries. Um, yeah, so, I... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, mate. You know... I don't know if my heart feels that felt that way. I'm already picturing a, a house on a ranch uh, with an <laughs> with an aeroplane strip. <laughs> Have to with a little, you know, private little aeroplane. I've started taking some lessons, actually flying. Why not? Um, why not? Why not? Why not? Got to right? Got to try it. All. You might as well. I mean, that's that's always been a goal of my mind. <clears throat> Gosh dang, I still have this in my throat. <clears> throat> uh. Sorry about this, Chef. You know, in Australia, mate, we would fix that with a beer. I need a beer. <laughs> I, know I, I, I need a Forster's. Uh, we don't even know what Forster's. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to get upset about that. You know, we call that cat's piss. Yeah, of course. Is actually Foster's was a beer when I was a kid, thousands of years ago. Foster's was a beer. I remember the I remember the Foster's beer commercials on on the football and stuff. I must have been five, but then it, it sold out to another company, and then well, you don't see it in Australia. Hmm. You see it all around the world and you won't touch it because you know it's not made in Australia and you know that it doesn't... T- I've tasted it and I spat it out straight away. It was like something I'd never... <laughs> it wasn't beer, right? It was bizarre. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I've never even tried it. Well, I, it, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't come across as how you explain your casserole. <clears throat> It doesn't come off that, that good as the casserole, as the green bean casserole. Yep. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, actually, I'm gonna, you're going to have to send me the recipe. And I'll I'm, send it to you, dude. It's... What I'm going to do, I'm going to film it. Please. So I'm, I'm going to have the, the boys shoot it professionally and, and uh, yeah, and put some United New York strip on it or something like that. Yes, I would. I think that sounds like a great idea. Well, serve it with baby back ribs or something like that. Looks. You good. put any any type of meat on it, and it's it's going to be golden. That's for sure. Right. All right. I I wanted to take a picture of the aftermath after I cooked it, but <laughs> after I'd stirred it and everything, it just. <laughs> I, I decided it wouldn't have done it justice. Do you ever have that when you're cooking something and you're like, "Oh, this is going to be so good," and it tastes delicious, but it just doesn't look good? Do you ever have that? There's a, oh yeah, I've had that of course. I've been cooking for professionally for probably 34, 35 years. And um, actually, you know what? <coughs> Indonesia, I lived in Indonesia for quite a while, a few years. And I was the chef on board a uh, surf charter boats and um, for the founder of Quicksilver and the founders of Rip Curl and the founder of Billabong. Where we were, where we were posted 
was a city called Padang in West Sumatra in Indonesia. Now, Padang, this dish that they have is, last I read a few years ago, was number six on the best dish in the world. So that could have changed. But it was rendang. You, when, you, uh, when you pronounce an R in Indonesia, you roll the R. <coughs> so rendang. And rendang is a beef that is cooked in... Oh, mate, it looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. You cannot <coughs> take a picture of it. And <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't look appetizing. But the flavour of this dish... You will eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You, it's addictive. And it's cooked so slowly. In fresh, what we do is we crack open the coconuts because they're wild everywhere. And we use a really good beef, <coughs> like a tenderloin. Uh, and, and just hearty chunks, right? And so you cook it very slowly in um, uh, brown onion... Uh, Lightly browned onions, braised onions and garlic, fresh coconut meat, fresh coconut milk and uh, <coughs> fresh turmeric leaves uh, and some red chilies. This sounds delicious. When you cook go, it, go on. You have to cook it. You have to cook it until it starts. All of the uh, all the juices start reducing. So you don't even brown the meat off. It just happens to. It's a wet dish, and, all, and you're not allowed to you're not allowed to leave it the, the stove. You have to stand there. If you're cooking enough for four people, you probably have to stand there for two hours. Wow! Only stirring it, not not leaving the, the pot on a low heat, and that's a part of it. It's like ice cream, for an example. On the flip side, this is a hot dish, but ice creams are cold. You can't make really lovely, smooth ribbony ice cream with that unless unless you have it churning, right? This dish, rendang, is very similar method. You have to keep keep mothering it, we say, with a wooden spoon. Just keep just keep turning it, just keep folding it, keep stirring it gently. It's mothering it. You're putting your love and your and your uh, good emotion into this dish. And as you're doing this on low to medium to low heat, it cooks for a very long time. It's reducing, right? So it's re- the reduction starts to take place. By the end of it, the fragrance is so incredible, you could start a fight on the dinner table, mate. Oh, gosh. It's incredible. I, there have been dishes that I have, <coughs> have been introduced to through in this, on this wonderful planet that we are blessed to live in or on, that for the life of me, it will never live. Like a peanut soup was the same, this is a very similar situation or experience that I had in Bolivia. Peanut soup, roasted peanut soup, you would never think of eating peanut soup. They say you can only have one bowl. This soup takes a long time to make. You have to stand there over it and mother it and, and and churn it and stir it gently for a long time. <laughs> I wow. Was, I was told that I was only allowed to have it. I was a special guest. 
which I was very grateful. I was told that I was only allowed to have one one bowl. Only one bowl yeah, because but, it takes so long to make. Yeah, but it's not just that. What happens, Canon, is that it it's there's something about overdosing on this soup. It gives you stomach cramps if you have another bowl. Oh. I, I had three bowls. I had three bowls and I almost went to hospital. (laughs) (laughs) They had to lay me in a hammock. I was in so much pain and they gave me something to drink. I don't know if it was tequila or scotch or something to ease the pain and to to help the stomach move. But it was so – I I had some of the worst stomach cramps I've had in my life. And they, they, they warned me that this would happen. I said, I don't care. This is the joy of traveling, you know. He's a diff. His mother, my my mate, is a, a <coughs> Good Morning Bolivia, and I was a guest chef on Good Morning Bolivia. And his mother had cooked it for us, cooked us a big banquet for a Sunday. It was amazing. The food was incredible. We even walked across the street, my mate and I, and we dug out root plants that were taro, right, but growing wild yeah. in the jungle. Wow. Yeah, incredible stuff. You know, what do we eat? Alligator, piranha, the whole lot. It was insane. Uh, Bolivia. How would you you have one of your best friends live in Bolivia? Just another part of just traveling around as a chef? You know what? One of my best mates, I don't know if he was smart or if he was stupid. I (coughs) He now tells me it was stupid, but of course he's madly in love with his wife and six kids. <laughs> he went, he married Miss Bolivia two thousand and three, way back in, in the day, and um, <laughs> I just laugh at him because he's under the thumb, you know. Oh, beautiful! So great! I love I love it. He's 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 doing really well, but anyway, they invited me over because she was hosting Miss Bolivia pageant. She was Miss Bolivia and runner-up to Miss World, right? But uh, all these years later, she was she was hosting uh, Miss Bolivia on TV. And to do so, she wanted to look good, so they flew me over to cook for her for three months prior to, because she wanted to lose weight. But, hmm. you know, I did my best. She lost. Yeah. She also stashed all this chocolate up, upstairs in her bedroom, and she kept eating every night. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you were being hard on her, huh? Oh, on the diet. But the thing was, yeah, of course. I, 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 that was my first time actually actually experiencing speaking about getting back to speaking about ranches. That was my first time driving cattle in the Amazon basin on their 10,000 acre ranch. Wow. Let me wow. Tell you, if you ever want to do this, we'll go and film it. I reckon it'd be something that would, you'll never ever experience anything as mystical and, and beautiful and frightening and bizarre all at once. I haven't yet. I've plucked lobsters from underneath atomic bombs. I've flown planes without being licensed. I've, I've had multiple 
accidents in my life, not not from my doing, but you know, I've been revived from death after dying. All that sort of stuff is awesome. But what's really great is when you're driving, you know, a couple of hundred, you've got to you've got to separate uh, your cattle into lots of two hundred in the Amazon basin, and mate, the swamplands. You can't stop your horse because you might be going through, you know, a couple of miles through swampland, and you can't. You've also, what I learned is you've got to watch the vultures. You have to watch the vultures above because <clears throat> everything else on land, the cougars, the panthers, any other animal that's hungry is watching the vultures. Because once the vultures start swirling down and doing their little spiral down to the food on or the, whatever is <laughs> likely to be food on land, they're going to run towards it. Very interesting. Wow. So, so driving, you know, when you're riding your horse <clears throat> through swampland, you can't stop the horse. You've got to keep momentum because it'll get stuck. You know, you're already nearly belly deep. And what happens when it gets stuck is it starts making noise and freaking out. And the frequency then brings the anaconda. Right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's good fun. Uh, yeah, um, good fun. I will, I'll take you up on that offer. I'm <laughs> down to go to Bolivia at any point in time. Yeah, yeah I, I was a bit silly. Well, let's do it. I, I was I'll hold the camera. I don't. I don't care if we go with anybody else. I'll hold three cameras if I need to. That that sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> we definitely have to take a drone. I was actually. I had a little incident there. <clears> we were going down the river, and Miss Bolivia was on board with her family and kids. My mate, he's Australian. We owned a restaurant together in, in Australia about twenty something years ago. When we, when we were young fellas, and um, we thought we were kings, we did. We knew nothing then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, he was on the riverbank with with his father-in-law, and they just were in the dugout, you know, canoe. It was probably, I don't know, 20, it was a big one, actually, 15 foot, 20 foot, maybe. Huge dugout, log, tree thing, canoe with a... With a Old 1950s, well, sort, of, sort of like a weed whacker motor, really. Anyway, <coughs> we got caught in a current. The dog jumped out. This Miss Bolivia, she, um, Helena's, Helen's, Helen's dog was a, um, a prized fighting dog from Peru, so it was probably worth about $8,000 in American. So could you imagine what it would be worth in Bolivianos? It would be just... Be oh, gosh. You'd buy a car or almost put a deposit on a house. Um, I I looked at her. The kids were screaming. She was screaming. And I'm like, well, I said, I didn't know what Spanish was. I said, crocodilia? And I'm like, she's like, no, 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 no. Anaconda? She's like, no, 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 don't go in. I'm like, well, dog's going to drown and you're freaking out about it and it's caught in a current now. And um, and she's calling Adam, 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 Adam. And <laughs> I, dove, I dived in and mid-air, 
I was fully clothed with my leather boots on and everything in midair. She screams like it was like she'd seen a ghost. Because, of course, I didn't, I didn't know there were piranha in the river. Yeah, I was waiting for it. <laughs> I didn't know. So it took probably oh. about four minutes to me to get the dog. I was in the middle of the river. And the thing was, we're so lucky because there was a, you know how the rivers have, uh, the riverbanks are laden with forest and some of these trees shade over. In some parts of the river, they shade completely over them from, from riverbank to riverbank. You know, they meet in the middle. In other parts, no, and where we were, fortunately not, because there was a three-hour window of sunshine, and the piranhas don't like sunshine. Lucky I learnt this. They don't like sunshine, so they go to the bottom of the, of the river. Now, Oh, gosh. But I didn't know that it was the most notorious bank for alligators and of course I said crocodilia like thinking I know Spanish but I don't but she doesn't know what a crocodile is because they don't have crocodile they have alligators because they only have alligators (laughs) oh gosh and so I get out I get out of the river with this big dog this giant dog this monster of a thing Um, also you know also and anyway I I get out and the father calls me over and I get over to him. I'm soaking wet and he look, he puts his finger and he looks at me like he death stares at me like I'm an idiot. And he points his finger in the bucket. To, he's got an old fishing line in his hand. The bucket's half full of piranha. He's oh. riverbank fishing for piranha. <laughs> oh. Sunset roast piranha snacks on the grill, right? We wrap them up in... With, we, we salt them and pepper them and lime zest and lime juice and we wrap them up in banana leaves and put them in coals. And it tastes like lime, salt and pepper chicken jerky or something, right? Oh. Incredible. But, you know, they told me that I now have to go and strip down in the middle of nowhere and strip my clothes off because I'll be full of leeches. And I said, bullshit, there'll be no leeches on me. You know, I was in, I'm fully clothed. Yes, I stripped down. And just as I had my pants, and this is no word of a lie, I had my pants down to my ankles. And, mate, this thing was running through the forest, like the jungle. Like, it was, sounded like a deer, a big deer, or it sounded very fast. And my mate Adam screaming, Andre, get on top of the truck, mate, get on top of the truck. I'm like, what? Panta, panta, because he's now speaking Spanish. Punter, punter. And you know what a punter is in Australia? A punter is like, if you're at the horse races, you put on a punt. means you put on a bet. I'm like, punter? What are you talking about? We're in the fucking jungle, mate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> We're not making bets here, guy. You know? And so he's like, um, panther. I'm like, ah, oh. so it's a panther, right? I'm, oh. I'm trying to climb the truck and the pants soaking wet down to my ankles, got my shirt off, and I'm climbing, and I'm, as I'm climbing the ladder on the back of this Toyota truck on the side of the riverbank, I'm now in bare feet and they're all muddy, and I'm watching, as I'm climbing up, the, I'm watching the sky and it's full of vultures. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my. And you know, 
There were only words that could that I could say, and I know I said it because I laughed at myself because I love a bit of danger, you know, it puts a bit of good blood and in, oxygen into the blood. I said, "Oh, mate, living the dream, living the dream, <laughs> living the dream." Living the he dream, says, "You know, gonna have a cold beer tonight." Two days later, I get out of bed. I know mean, I can't hear because I got an infection from the river. The river was. Really murky, like coffee color, like coffee and milk, you know, like a latte. Yeah. But really cold. And actually, it tasted clean because I got, you know, the dog climbed on top of me. I, for the life of me, could have drowned myself. It was a pretty big ordeal. Um, yeah. But I got my feet out and I went, to, I went to put my feet on the floor and I fell to the floor completely. There were these tiny little burrows in my feet, tiny little things like welts, I, was, I touch it. I could feel the pain almost run to my heart. And so I screamed like a little girl. I was, you would have thought I had a dress on, mate. I screamed and screamed. I was in, it was embarrassing. <laughs> the pain, <laughs> such a tiny little welts in my feet. And the, and someone, one of the uh, the butlers, the, the maitre d', the maid actually of the house ran up and she was screaming, saying, oh, no, nigua, nigua. I'm like, what the, what am I going to have to, what, what's going on? I didn't understand Spanish. Anyway, the boys came up and all the maintenance, you know, this big, big, big house full of, full of uh, a team there. That they all started laughing at me because I got the nigua. Now, the nigua, because I was bare feet on the riverbank, it's a, it's a tiny nanoscopic uh, parasite that gets in a burrows in into your skin cell. Oh. It, starts, it starts eating your flesh from the inside of underneath your skin and it grows very quickly. So what happened by day two, well, I had to get them cut out and it was very, very painful. Oh. And, and they, look oh. Like, they look like a predator. Do they really? Look like the predator. It was epic, you know. <sighs> like, did under a, under a microscope. I was like, "You're kidding me! This thing is like, like the predator, like Arnold Schwarzenegger the movie, right?" I was like, <laughs> I was just about to ask you if you got any parasites. I, I'm glad you didn't get anything internally drinking that water. I didn't, mate. I didn't. No. I didn't. I got. I have an Australian stomach, you know. She'll be right, mate. You know? Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's what Dude, it's it's it sounds like uh, you know what we say in the United States for that for that type of thing. What? Sh- what? We say shit'll buff. Really? Shit'll buff. Shit'll buff. Yeah. <laughs> it'll buff out. It'll buff out. Yeah. It'll buff out. It'll shit'll buff. buff. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it sounds like. Being a professional chef has taken you to a lot of places. I mean, it, you said that you worked for the owners of Quicksilver, Bellabong, uh, a couple of different companies. Was that your intentional goal when you became a chef was to become uh, a, like a high – I don't even know what you would call it, just like a uh, – uh, I'm just an everyday, a, I'm just an everyday bloke. You know what a bloke is? Just a, 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 oh, yeah, I know what a bloke is. Yeah, it's just a guy. Day bloke on planet Earth, wanting to make, wanting to make everyone happy, and you know if I can make, if everybody in my path on every day, 
if I can make everyone smile, just even if I smile or or open the door for somebody or you know, or just just be bloody civil and and and, and courteous and um, conscious, right? That's yeah. what I do. But the thing is is I never planned it. I'm I I manifested it. Everyone I've actually chefed for I don't know how this has happened. I really don't. And this could sound stupid. But I actually, I just, I've, I, I, said to, I said to myself when I was young, I want to be a chef on the Quicksilver boat and I want to, I want to not, I'm not big on the athlete scene and, the, you know, the, the famous people scene. I wanted to, I always was interested in who runs that show. Like, okay, Quicksilver, uh, surfing, for example. People may, if you're a surfer and you're from the surf culture, which I was raised in, you know all the surfers. Same with Billabong, same with Ripcord. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an industry uh, and a lifestyle. So, um, like motorsports or, or maybe Rodeo or... Anyway, everybody that is on my client list, well, not everybody, probably 90%, I manifested. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. I even it's just like people, things that you're into, it, they just kind of came to you. It, it just, yeah, that's what happens in my life. No. I can't no. explain it. And, and I have this sense that, you know, here's an interesting one. I always wanted a chef from Robert Downey Jr. Got the chef at his house, you know, uh, and and wow, Eddie Murphy, that's pretty impressive. Eddie Murphy, I was like, I was always in awe of Eddie Murphy because I was so impressed that, um, wow, he did so well, you know, and without internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the Raw album. Come on, that those that that leather outfit. Gosh it, dang! It was funny. I thought. Wow, that'd be really cool to just. That'd be really cool to cook for Eddie Murphy. <clears throat> I used to think that when I was young. I mean, like you know, I'm from a small coastal town in Australia, and you know, you make it if you go to Hollywood or something. It's just a weird thing to for that weirdness, you know. Depending on what industry you're in, you know. But the thing yeah. that I never thought of that. You make you you make the best of every day and and life. You can't make it if you go to Hollywood. But the thing is, is that my agent is in Hollywood, and which sounds funny. Just saying it. Actually, it sounds funny. Um, Having an agent. Yeah, Hollywood. Or yeah, it just sounds weird, right? Because it's like, yeah, no, it, it sounds very professional, very, very uh, Hollywood of you to say that. Yes, it doesn't it's not something I planned, and it's not. I just fell into all of this. Um, yeah, because I love what I do. But he he text messaged me. I still have the text on my phone. He text messaged me a few years ago. Now it was, Chef. I know you're busy, but. Any chance that you'd be able to um, step in and uh, be chef for Eddie Murphy? Um, his chef's not well. And I'm like, yes, please. 
I said, let me check my schedule. On the other side of my breath, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course I will, mate. But I didn't say that. It was just like... Of course. Let me check my schedule. Um, Yep. That's that's also very Hollywood of you, to act like you don't want to do it, but you really do. Yeah, yeah, good to go. Yeah, good to go. Send me the details and uh, <laughs> la la la. And um, I, I was doing cartwheels down the stairs. I was stoked. Oh, I bet. You know, I never knew what to expect. So I'm going to tell you something. I don't speak about clients, but that was two days before my birthday. That was the best birthday present I've ever had. Wow. Because that's awesome. That has to be a, such a good experience. Yeah, you know, I can say that now because I ended up being with him for a year. Oh wow! Yeah, and got to shoot, got to cook. You know, he flew me over to Atlanta. It was in his Beverly Hills house with his beautiful family, you know, and, and kids and, and wife. And my gosh! But the thing is, is that he flew me to Atlanta to do, to be his chef in his house and. and for shooting Coming to America too, as well. So I got to travel Savannah and, you know, through Georgia and all that. Just to Yeah. My... So that's pretty That's pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. to get bearings on, on soul food, right? Wow. Because I didn't know what soul food was, and, and Eddie loves that comfort food, that soul food. He's raised in Brooklyn. and He is one of the most humble, most kindest, most most courteous most very very quiet he's very quiet he's very he's very interesting he's very shy yeah very respectful and very courteous and he's and he doesn't walk and he glides it's like this it's like (laughs) it's like he just is i don't know it's like he's a ghost or something it's just he's He's, He's a, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. I was told. I was told by his twenty his, his personal assistant who was still with him to this day, uh, twenty six years. She said, Now, whatever you do, please don't try and make Eddie laugh and please don't make crack jokes. Um, it's not something that you know, it's just keep it professional. Because usually they, you know, they say goodbye to you. There's a there's a there's a line in the sand, right? Where of course, go. yeah. He was very, very, very gracious and very shy for the first few weeks, and you know, and I respect that. Um, a man's home is a man's palace, and and I want to make him comfortable. And look. You know what? He was one of the first people in a long time that I was a little nervous to cook for because I didn't mm. know soul food very well. I didn't know the the, the southern uh, comfort food, and I really strived to do it. And I knew that he was giving me a giving me a you know some leniency because I was trying. Because I'm a clean food chef, <laughs> I love doing. I love doing really healthy food. Not to say that that's not healthy; it's just a different type type of uh, cuisine. So, it is about six months into it. 
he came to the kitchen and the maid forgot <coughs> the butter and um, uh, he came in and he said, he, he, he's like, hey, Andre, um, there's no, uh, there's no butter on the table. I'm like, oh, sorry, Mr. M. I call him Mr. M, not because Mr. Murphy. I just call him Mr. Marvelous. <laughs> he loves it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I said, oh, sorry, Mr. M. Um, oh, I'll bring you some out. So I brought him out. I said, excuse me, Eddie, um, here's two. I've got one here from the uh, American Butter, and this is another one that you might like. It's from Belgium. He's like, Belgium? Is that butter from Belgium? But does that mean it's from Belgium? I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Whoa, whoa!" I said, "Yeah, it's organic and it's got these lovely flakes of shards of salt in it. It's just this beautiful flavour." As soon as you say organic, you see, <laughs> sort of like, <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. He loves his food, mate. But he took the American butter. He said, "Oh, I'll take the American one. Thank you." Always very oh kind. gosh, he didn't want any part of it. Always very kind and always very gracious and always very, uh, always very, always says please and thank you and excuse me. And he's a gentleman. And um, I thought, you know, and I, I turned away and started to walk away from the dining table. And I thought, something in me thought, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to have to do this. I turned back and I said, oh, oh, oh. Eddie, because uh, uh, he said thanks. So I said, "Oh, uh, um, that'll be twenty bucks." <laughs> <laughs> I just said, "Oh, whatever." You know, like uh, I just thought, I don't know what came over me. I just thought I was told that anyone that does that is in his dismissal. You know. I was like, you yeah, know, I've had it for six months. He knows I'm a good person. Fuck it, you know. I said, like, oh, 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 Eddie, um, Mr. M. And he's like, huh? Looks up at me, looks up at the corner of his eye, like, huh? He's got this look at him, too, when he's at the table. He's like, you now I'll say this respectfully. He's like, you know, a young kid because he loves his food and he's like, he's just this, he's this kind soul, right? He looks up and goes, huh? I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that'll be 20 bucks, mate. <laughs> and he's like, he looks at the butter, he looks at me, he looks at the butter, and he's like, all of a sudden, I got the Eddie Murphy laugh. He cracked the Oh, tea, yes. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> almost shit my pants. Oh, I bet. I, I, I would have done the same. Eddie Murphy laugh. I never have ever heard him laugh in real life. And he was like, that's funny, man. That's funny. That's fu-. It was like the whole Eddie thing. is like, <laughs> that's funny, man. That's funny. It's like the whole, I like, yeah. I had to go. I said, I'm so sorry. He said, no, no, no. You're cool, my man. You're cool. My man, you're cool. I'm like, my man. What's this my man business? Anyway, the next day, he was a completely different person. He oh, you guys me, had turned the tide. He treated me. Th- all of a sudden, he's like, hey, Andre. How you doing, man? I'm like. It was very evident to me that it was different because normally it's like, hey, uh, Andre, how are you? But this day was a turning point. The next day, the next morning was like, 
hey, Andre, how you doing, man? I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. Just, yeah. a, just a little personalized touch. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I didn't get the sack. <laughs> I got, that's beautiful. I got treated better. But the, and then and then I did it again two weeks later. I didn't want to make it. I introduced Gruyere cheese on a sandwich, and he didn't know what Gruyere cheese was. Now, this is not being disrespectful because not a lot of people know, know what Gruyere cheese is. It's a really lovely, subtle-flavoured cheese. And he's like, oh, because we have menu cards on, on, on next to the meals on the, you know, there's a, a buffet in the afternoon for sun, uh, afternoon snacks, sandwiches and whatnot, you know, cakes and all that sort of stuff. They're all fresh made. And he's like, hey, uh, hey, Andre, what's Gruyere cheese? And I'm like, oh, ah, oh, yeah, sorry, Mr. M. Um, it's just a really lovely, smooth cheese. That actually, and it's I've just when you have it just so 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 thin, and you accompany it with it with some a particular type of cold cut meat, it goes really well with that. Just feel free to try it. He's like, he's like, okay. He's hesitant in trying new things. So. I, I like that about it. I said, if you don't like it, you can give me an uppercut. It's cool. He just looks at me me and he's like, because we've been watching, you know, the house has been watching boxing because the boxing was on. So it just came out of me. It was like, oh, if you don't like it, just give me an uppercut. It's all good. And he looks at me, he's like, (laughs) does that laugh? He's like, oh gosh. Again, he's like, that's funny, man. They give me an uppercut. I won't do that. He's like, and then he comes back after eating. He's like, hey, Andre, that was pretty good. I'm going to have another one. <laughs> that was pretty nice. Good. That's so magical, anyway, dude. I have the utmost respect for him and many other clients that I've had. I'm sorry to harp on about him, but he just made such a wonderful impression on how to treat people. He never treated any. I never saw him treat anyone with disrespect. I never saw him raise or heard him raise his voice in a year. I never. He loves his family so much that it, to me, I had tears running down my eyes twice in that year just from watching how he loves his children and his mother. The kindness, wow. the kindness, and the graciousness of all of them. Of that family is uh, was a fine example for me of how I want to be. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to cook for a few different kings and queens, and uh, kings and queens. Yeah, not the Mardi Gras type, mate. The real ones, yeah. No, I, I'm, I am saying the real ones. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, it's, it's life's interesting. You say that so humbly. You're just like, oh, well, you beat around the bush. Well, I've cooked for a couple kings and queens. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty magical, dude. Well, Sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to interrupt. Go on with what you were no, saying. I have, I've actually had uh, I actually have an email to one of my agents in the hills that I. I I said thank you, but no thank you um, to to the Queen of England. 
What? Thank you, but uh, no, thank you. Oh, I'm born and raised in Australia, and, and you get, you know, you're raised under the monarchy of the Queen, the system, and I didn't really like it. And I was just, mm. like, you know, not, not, not dissing on the Queen. It's just a thank you, but no, thank you. I, I'm, yeah. I'm in the midst of it here anyway. And that's quite a flex that you just said right there, by the way. Oh, I said, what, what saying thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah. Did the same to P. Diddy, actually. It was interesting. <laughs> well, the thing was, I, I had one of my other agents set me up with P. Diddy, and um, <laughs> um, you know, I think sometimes now I never speak out of context with disrespect because it's not who I am. But let's remember something. The lives that some people live uh, could be more interesting than than others, you know. Like, or, or maybe, should I say, interesting, fortunate. Um, but I was I was scheduled to start a trial week with PDD. I was sort of excited about it. I was like, oh, you know, I was sort of yeah, all right, I'll give it a crack. Um. I don't think I don't even know any of his music, to be honest. The thing is, is that I, I, I had to say, I, I ended up saying no because all of a sudden the dinner of well, dinner for nine people escalated to. He saw my resume. I actually, I actually sat in his chair in his boardroom office in Hollywood with his management team discussing a menu. And I actually sat in his chair, so it was pretty funny. Um, hmm. Yeah, sometimes I've got to pinch myself in places I've been. And look, we're all people. We we're all, we all just live a different path, you know. People, are, I, what I've learned is no one's better than anybody else. We're all just doing our thing. It's up to us to make it, uh, you know, great for ourselves and for others. But all of a sudden, the dinner for nine escalated to. Within four hours, I got a call by around nine o'clock at night by his his house manager and said, "Chef, I hope you don't mind, but um, it's now uh, dinner is um, is it's now going to be um, uh, twenty VVIPs." I'm like, "What's the V on the in front of the VIP?" <laughs> Very, 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 <laughs> just very important, you know. And I yeah. heard that it was like, you know, names that that we all know. Yeah, of course, music artists. And I was like, I said, listen, I have not seen the kitchen. I've not stepped foot in it. I've not. I please tell Mister Combs that I'm not going to be doing it because. Yeah. Out of respect, not disrespect, and I'm not talking about him in a negative sense. This is me being professional about how much I care. Please convey the message to Mr. Combs respectfully that I have not seen the kitchen, have not been to his home. Yes, I have his address now, but... I do not know the feng shui of the kitchen. Apparently, you're not happy with the butler. 
apparently there's no one doing the dishes or I don't have an assistant on for the day. And it's a VVIP. I'm pretty good at what I do, but I really want to make a great impression. Well, of course, yeah. You don't want to set yourself up for failure. Right. And so I said, please, please convey the message that I am am pulling back from this, and this is the reason. Oh, my gosh, the phone. I sent it on email. The phone started going crazy. There was a triple phone call, you know, and it was... This has never happened before. No one's ever said no. I said, listen, maybe no one's cared enough. I care. Fair. Yeah, fair. I care so much that I have the last say because it's my heart and it's my it's, and it's my love and it's my emotion and that is in, within me that wants to give the very best experience. So it's not disrespect. You have to understand. It's absolute love and care and professionalism, you know? That's where mm-hmm. it is, you know? And it's interesting because Beverly, you don't hear that much in Beverly Hills or Hollywood. It's just like everyone's bending over backward to get in the door, you know? Yeah. Well, no, I, no. you know, <laughs> the, the biggest thing I've had was the president was calling in the kitchen and I had to stop cooking because President Trump was on the phone to my client and I was like I was serving lunch (laughs) and the conversation was in the kitchen right next to me so it was pretty cool it was I've had some that's yeah really that's that's pretty cool you know but this is all food food (laughs) takes you to amazing places right yes you yourself we all know everyone here on listening on, on on this podcast and thank you for listening by the way if you're still on. <laughs> They're still on. <laughs> Mate, food is, you could drive miles and miles and miles out of way to go and experience something that you know is going to be bloody excellent, that you know is going to, is going to be an emotional experience. The love and the care and the integrity that is from the farmer, from the rancher. It's this uniqueness of food. It's all about, not just about the chef. It's not just about the restaurant. It's not just about the city or the town or the country. It's about the whole full circle, you know. And this is the way I like to cook. I like to know where my produce comes from, where my where my meat, where my where my seafood where my my fruits and vegetables and my dry goods I like to know where everything comes from my coffee I like to know where everything I like to know about the farmers their integrity I don't like chemicals and GMOs I don't like to see farmers stressing because if a farmer is stressed the farmer will be you know the family will be stressed if the farmer and the family are stressed, the farm will have some stress itself. You know, it all. It, we understand frequency travels, right? Yep. While at someone, yeah, maybe seven out. It depends where you are. Maybe seven out of ten, <laughs> you might get a smile back. You know, um, 
But if you give someone the bird and you go off at them with, you know, anger, that's going to be the energy that passes on to them. And then they'll carry that energy because they'll be upset. And it goes, it's a yin and a yang, right? So why not go with, I'm sort of hoping the yin's the good one. You know, the, I always like to go the extra mile to make people feel good because that energy is going to just transfer to other people. Well, I hope. Yeah. Same with food. It's the same with the soil. When it's really loved and nurtured and looked after by the farmer so the fruits and vegetables can grow right, it's the same with the the animals, whether it's cattle, whether it's you know uh, sheep, whether it's chickens. Whether it's the same with fish. Do you like meat? Do you like to grill? Do you like burning stuff over hot open flame? Are you wondering, Cannon, why are you talking like this? It's because I'm in an ad for United Harvest, okay? And this is my ad voice. This is what I'm trying to get you to do. I'm trying to get you to go to unitedharvest.com. Go buy some meat. Type in the promo code FRIENDS15 for 15% off your first order. Do you like meat? Unitedharvest.com. Well, I'm in a very, very fortunate field where I get my fish, I can get it flown in from any part of the world twice a week you know if my client wants oh you know if the client if the king wants something special I have to fly it in you know mm. or uh, he wanted to <laughs> one day uh, king of Saudi Arabia he wanted he wanted tenderloin with the bone in oh did he now three hours <laughs> and you know this is in the the Beverly Hills house and when it comes for the summer. Three hours, mate. I had three hours to find. I'm calling up all my butchers. I'm calling up the best of the best. No one had a full carcass. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you need one of those to get a tenderloin bone in. That's for sure. My mate, of all places, there's a place, there's a, there's a, a store's by the name of Bristol Farms. I don't know if you have them out there. I think it's Californian. But Bristol Farms is, it's like a Whole Foods but a smaller version. It's integrity, great integrity. Beverly Hills, I call him up. I said, mate, I am in the shit if I can't get this. I've got, I've got to get tenderloin with a bone in for the king. He's like, chef, I have hanging in the back, a full carcass from Australia. I said, you're tripping. You're kidding me, aren't you? He said, I don't know. I never have a full carcass. I don't know why I've got a full carcass, but I've got a full carcass, and it happens to be from Australia. I said, bloody hell, chop that thing up right now. <laughs> I said, by the way, I need five pieces. And then I said, hang on a minute. I need six because I want to try one with the bone in. Now, a tenderloin. And we're going to do this with United Harvest because a tenderloin with a bone in or any meat with the bone in brings on a whole new 
whole new flavour. Oh and, yeah, and it, and it maintains uh, moisture. Now, I'll never forget the flavour of this tenderloin with the bone in, um, mate. It was. It, 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 I felt like I was. <laughs> of, <laughs> You, you know how the bones roast? You know, I rub salt into the bones so that it gets this of course. additional flavour as it, as it caramelises outside the bone. It runs sweat into the meat. It was incredible, mate. Oh, I that sounds before. delicious. I was just up in the, uh, in, with, the, with our butcher up in Oregon last week. And I said, listen, we've really got to get these tenderloins with the bone in. He said, chef, why don't you come up and we'll do it together. We'll do it together. We'll cut them. I said, no worries. Let's do it. I'll, I'll do it. Let's make it. Oh. Let's give everyone a premium experience. You know, meat should be, and I know there's... I have a lot of respect for vegetarians and vegans. Uh, for anyone that has a dietary requirement, or whether it be for health, whether it be for religion, whether it be for mindset, or whether it be for their heart, meaning their heart, their emotion, if they're, uh, you know. Um, I, I respect everybody for what they choose to eat and what they choose not to. I don't, I don't wave the finger at anybody, but... My my duty is to be giving the best of me, meaning giving the best of ingredients from me as well, right? Mm-hmm. Giving the best of me in the kitchen emotionally with the very best ingredients. So what we're doing with United Harvest is we're going to be, we're, we're offering that now, but we're going to be offering it in, so much more in the coming months coffee spice line uh, seafood the very best I'm going to be we're going to be shooting on uh, film on trawlers out at sea I'm looking forward to that I've done a lot of sea work I've done a lot of work out at sea I love it one of the most interesting experiences I've had was we had a we had a fish we were out in the way out in Indonesia in archipelago waters and we had a a fish online for almost two hours. Now, there's no good having a fish online for two hours because it's stressed and that stress in the bloodline goes through the meat. You don't want that. So the sun had just gone down. There's no land in sight. The depth sounder read on, up in the wheelhouse read, 3.8 to 4.2 because we were, we were motoring at about 9 knots um, actually we had slowed down because we had the fish on we were, so we were possibly motoring about 3 but the thing was the depth sounded yeah that's 4 miles deep yeah gosh dang <laughs> that thing said to me we've got 13 crew and 20 guests this was the boat owned by uh, you know founder of Quicksilver actually helicopter on board all that sort of jazz captain captain called me in the galley on the, on the, on the galley phone he said Cookie that's my nickname on a boat Cookie <laughs> come up to the wheelhouse will you please I'm like you bastard you want me to do something that I don't want to do 
<laughs> we know each other very well after being on board with each other for four years. It's like, of course. Ah, oh, Cookie. That tone in his voice. It's always the cook's job to go do something stupid, right? So anyway, I get up in the wheelhouse. I said, yeah, Cappy, what's going on? So he said, I know you're going to hate me for this, but we're either going to have to cut this fish off because we, we have a squall coming and the weather conditions are going to be shocking for who knows how long and I need to serve dinner I need you to serve dinner up before this squall comes can you dive off the back of the boat and follow the line down and if it's shimmering that's probably a good thing it means it's, it's not a shark and if it's not shimmering get out of there quickly I'm like <laughs> What? Wait, what? You take a torch with you. Take the laser LED torch, the laser torch, and take uh, and take a knife with you just in case something chases you. I'm like, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. You don't say no to the captain. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yes, captain, yes, captain. No worries. I stuck my ten inch kitchen blade in my mouth. Because when you have to dive... As you should have, because you're Australian. <laughs> well, when you have to dive off... I ended up diving off the off from the wheelhouse, from the side of the wheelhouse on the, on the port side. And as I said, there's no land in sight. And it's the sun's gone down. It's still a little dusk. It's dark on one side of the world and not so much on the other. And the ocean's black by then. It's just black. It's four miles deep. And I'm like, you know, oh, well... I needed one hand free to break the water surface because it's three stories from where I was diving from. Oh. Or three levels. And so I did that. And with my with my blade in my mouth, cook's knife in my mouth, crunching as hard as I can so that when I hit, this water, hit the surface, it doesn't come out of my mouth and cut my guts open. I needed yeah. one hand free and one hand holding the torch so I could break the surface because you can't break it with your bald head because you just split. It feels like you hit concrete. But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> so I so I've had to swim along the side of the of the ship, hundred hundred and something feet, and then grab onto the line, which is probably about thirty feet out from the back of the stir, you know, the, the transom from the back of the back of the ship and um, and follow it down. Meanwhile, everyone's got their cameras out and everyone's freaking out. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I have no idea. I'm just going to do what I'm told. And I've gone down and find them and it's shimmering. I'm like, you bloody beauty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. How far did you follow it? Well, until until the torch got a, a whisk of the shimmer of it, you know, and it was down pretty deep. So I, I had a, you know, I had that full lung. It's harder going down. You got a bit of open for sure. Ocean chop from the wind. There's a squall on the way, and and there's bloody, um, you know, and when you got a full, your lungs are full of air, you can't you can't sink so easily, can you? You got to yeah. let the air out. So anyway, yeah, so I get back up and I'm like, <gasps> and, and Captain's, uh, the first mate's on the deck with everyone else. He's giving me the nod. And captain's cut the engine so I don't get sucked up through the propellers because the propellers are as big as a small car. 
you know, just make me fish food, right? I'd just be, I'd be burly. But, um, yeah, so I slide up onto the transom. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, she's good as gold, mate. It's about a 200, it was a 220. I've got the photographs. Yeah, my iPad here. 220-pound um, yellowfin. Oh, fed us gorgeous! Like six days, it was incredible. I bet, incredible stuff. You don't take any of that for granted. It's not nice. I have a problem eating fish that I have to bleed out. I don't. I can't. There's something in it. It's like I can't. I have great difficulty killing something and eating it. Mm. I really do. I have an emotional situation going. I don't know what it is. But, um, yeah. That's very interesting. Gosh, dang, that sounds fun. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> that sounds scary. I don't, I don't know about jumping in pitch black water uh, off of the coast of Indonesia or whatever you were, wherever you were. Yeah, but That was pretty but, full on, you know. Uh, that sounds – how, how old were you then? I was um, – oh, I was probably – well, it was 2013. So what was that? That's was not that? too bad. Oh, that's a few years that's ago. only eight years eight years back. Yeah. Yeah. And the year before that, no, 2007 was when I was diving in the Bikini Atolls, Marshall Islands. Now, if anyone was to go and research Marshall Islands and Bikini Atolls, that's where all the atomic bomb testing sites were and, and, and back in the day. And, and, and a lot of – it's probably the largest – Quite possibly the largest graveyard of sea vessels and planes from military and navy from the war, I think. Um, good heavens, it's it's a yeah. I, that has to be wild to swim through that stuff. I was you was over a thousand atolls. Yeah, atolls. If anyone doesn't know what an atoll is, it's a, uh, a circle of islands. You know, under the yeah. Really pristine waters, incredible, incredible, incredible uh, amount of wind. Um, but um, well, you can pull up to any island and, and have a barbecue and, 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 and lobsters, and there's no mosquitoes and all that sort of stuff. It's great. We did that on New Year's Eve. Actually, we we did that on New Year's Eve. But um, I had the chance to go and uh, experience just because I knew it was good to go because that, that year was cleared for supposedly safe to dive around atomic uh, bombshells. I ended up going down and plucking, <laughs> searching for lobsters underneath atomic bombs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 120 feet deep. Blah, blah. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. A lot of stuff that I've done that I can't believe I've done, you know. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. I really am. If That's, that seems like the right thing to do. I really have no idea what where my life is going to lead me or where it's supposed to go. I have the most up. I'm so grateful to everyone. But, you know, I think my, my, main, my main wish one day is to have a woman walk up to me and say, now, listen, I want to be your wife and I want to take care of you. <laughs> Not meaning take care of me in a way, but, like, you know, I want to put up with you. 
Uh, one day. That'll no, be I understand cool. that. One day that'd be pretty cool. I, I really would. I, I tell you what, I cook my heart out for her. That's mm. for sure. But the thing is, is that it's got a, a. I'm looking forward to that time when it comes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, who knows? I might. It might mm. never happen. I might be seventy. I don't know. No You'll idea. find some. That's that's. You're right though. You got to find somebody that's going to put up with your shit and not really get yeah. too upset about everything. That's what you got to find. Yeah, and I think for me, you know, the shitty things in life, I just laugh because you got to be kidding, right? How can you get upset at that at stuff? We're always in the present now. Anything that's happened is in the past. To carry that energy is absolutely wasteful. So oh. You've got to have a plan on how to figure it out. It's like, okay, that shit happened. There's no point getting upset about it because, you know, worse shit has happened or worse shit can happen or worse shit could have happened. So you've got to have it figured out. The way I see it, I've had so much carnage in my life where I just, I got T-boned heavily in Beverly Hills uh, one night. A woman was driving with her lights on, brand new Tequoia giant Toyota thing she plowed into me and must have been by the time she hit me she was probably doing 30 miles an hour and I honestly thought I was dead I saw her coming and I looked at it and I started laughing because I've already died and been revived I thought that was pretty cool I know what goes on up there it's all white and you see everyone that has already gone and you've got to get back here and it's the hardest thing I've ever experienced is being revived and experiencing the absolute pain of physical pain of getting breath back in your lung and blood going into your brain. It's at, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. That was, whoever thought it was a good idea to get me back here was an asshole because that was really difficult to deal with for a quite a – I think it affected me for quite a while. Not, not knowing, actually, my first words were, Can I, get me a beer. Give me a beer, he says. Yeah, because – In the hospital, 20th, that was your first words? My 25th birthday. Oh, gosh. And so, yeah, something happened. We were all being, you know, rogue Australian young fellas thinking that we were men, but we weren't. But anyway, it was pretty funny. Um, mm. <laughs> I woke up in the room and, you know, one guy's holding my tongue, one's pumping my chest, and one's everyone's crying. And I'm like, what's everyone crying for? Like, what's going oh. on? I didn't <laughs> Oh, <laughs> gosh. I just didn't know why my tongue was being held and why my head was being pressed on my forehead to the back onto the back of the cold floorboards uh, and someone was punching into my chest, like full-on bruised my chest for weeks. I don't I think bet. I fixed it. But the car accident really was the great awakening because just recently, a year ago, because it cracked my, cracked my sternum, dislocated my hip, dislocated my jaw, ruptured four discs, pinched my spinal cord in two places and 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 almost severed a nerve in my in my coccyx somewhere it's still buzzing in my foot and down my leg which I just get a kick out of every day. I, just, oh. I love it because it reminds me that I'm alive, you know. I love <laughs> I love your I love how you turn bad things into just something to remind you, hey, this is life right here. <laughs> 
my old man is an absolute prick. I don't talk to him um, because he was just an, an absolute bastard of a bloke. You know, German, hardcore. Still with my mum after 50 years I've been married. Um, you know, um, but we just never got on. We tried, but we never get on. So now we don't talk because I'm, you know. But the thing is, is that it's just we have a better relationship when we don't. I love him. And yeah. That's it. Well, but you're both stubborn, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the words, but yeah. Um, the, yeah. the thing is, is that what he always taught me, he was never sensitive as a dad. He always taught me that, you know, like, if you hit your ham, if thumb with a hammer, um, hit your finger as well, because then you don't, because it's not just your thumb, like, you've got two things to, like, look after. Not just, like, it's just like, what the, if you cut yourself, suck your blood, like, you know, if, all the things that he made me do, I always thought were just acts of absolute not wanting to be a father and not caring. But what he did was he made me realise, <laughs> he used to say it when I was older. He said, listen, son, if you're not suffering, and if you don't feel absolute pain, how do you, how do you expect to understand and learn and understand the better days, and how do you expect to, to be grateful for the days that are good? You've got to know real suffering, mate, and you've got to you've got to put it into your mindset that hard suffering and, and, and torture, not that you that it's want to come from anybody, but like it could be an accident, it could be a you know a mishap. Um, you know it's. It's great to be alive. It's good for you. It helps you learn. I'm like, you're a dickhead, mate. You're a dickhead. <laughs> well, at the time, yeah. You're a dead set dickhead. No, you don't care. Yeah. But yeah. these are the moments I'm thinking, you know, well, I've got one up on you, old mate. I'm trying to pluck lobsters from underneath atomic bombs. I'm in the, like, dark black ocean down here. Like, who knows what's down here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, this and that. All the, I'm in the piranhas. I'm, what do you know, mate? You know nothing. <laughs> yeah, damn. The competition is between me and myself and my dad. Me and I, I'm competing against myself all the time. No one else, or I'm competing against my dad. You know. Yeah. And he's. He, that's he, probably that's probably been a big driving force in your career, honestly. Yeah, I've got to thank the old prick one day. Yeah. You know, because. Um. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, I, I've always wanted to make him proud, but he's never. I've only heard it once. Proud of your son, but I'm. I stuffed up, and he said, he, you know, and he ripped into me. So I never wanted him to be proud of me because you know I made a mistake. I was younger, but the thing is, is that's life. Hey, if we, I, I heard something today that made sense. You know, forgiveness. Is the greatest act of awakening and kindness that we can bring, not onto others only, but also onto ourselves. Because yeah. forgiveness is acknowledging an experience or a situation and acknowledging it, accepting it. And when you accept it, you take it into your heart to learn about it, the feeling, the emotion. Why are you upset? Why are you feeling hurt? Why are you, 
you know, why why is it affecting you this way? But you need to take time to register it, right, with your heart, meaning your emotion, meaning your soul, your spirit, meaning and then you connect that with your mind and how does your gut feel because, you know, your gut, they say your gut is your bigger brain and your head is your little brain. You can't think straight unless you attend to the big brain first, which is the stomach, so the frequency of really healthy, fresh food, um, uh, uh, you know, the nutrition, the great nutrition that we, we... When you see people that are deprived of great nutrition, that eat junk food and crap and, and processed food all the time, it can send you a little crazy, right? It can make you do, you know, the sugars and the salts and the processed stuff and the... And all the chemicals, the, the numbers on the ingredients. So I don't know all that stuff. I don't touch it. But mm. there's something to be said that good, or I should say excellent, fresh ingredients and nutrition allows us to send frequencies to the brain through our blood. It like, gets everything going, right? And we make better decisions. We can we can we feel better physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. You know, this is something that I want to look into with with the ranchers. You know, doing a little experiment with with cattle. Yeah. You know? Well, I it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, as you've been talking, you're so passionate about your perspective, career, and also you're passionate about having fresh ingredients and having a healthy body and having healthy nutrition. It, it makes sense that you have um, partnered with United Harvest um, to be their executive chef and to work with them. And, and I think that, I mean, you're probably learning a lot. Uh, I mean, I know you've learned a lot through your eccentric life. I mean, we've heard a bunch of stories here, but I'm sure you're learning a, a lot more about the cattle industry, the sheep industry, um, uh, the hog industry. I mean, it's it's definitely a good fit for you to be United Harvest, especially for the freshness and and just the highest quality product you can get. I am absolutely every single day. I feel I feel proud. I feel humbled. I feel as if it's an honor to be. As, uh, associated, well, I say they're family now, you know, the team, the founders and the team at United Harvest are all absolutely passionate, kind and, and, and dedicated in all they do to assure that everything is is of the right frequency, of the right integrity within United Harvest. And it not doesn't just it's not they're not just at the office. Everyone is is a part of getting it done. From the ranch to the butcher to the office. It's all connected and are all just down the road from each other. It might be two hours here, an hour there or twenty minutes here, depending on which ranch or which but the thing is is that I am absolutely so proud to be, I will say, family to United Harvest because that's what I feel like. And I will bend over backwards to make sure that I give my very best with them and for them and for our 
ranchers and farmers and for uh, the consumer. Yeah. That's re- that's re- that's the important part is is right. making sure that the consumer is uh, yeah. is informed and they're being relayed the message that they need to know and and being informed about things that maybe the ag industry doesn't want them to know. I mean, there's a lot of things that cons- that consumers need to know that maybe we uh, in the whole grand scheme of things maybe think that they're going to turn uh, a sour eye to, but that doesn't mean that they don't deserve to know what's going on. Yeah, see, I won't have a part of anything that's uh, that's of darkness or evil or, or or cheating or bastardizing or taking, the, you know, pulling the wool over the, the consumer's eyes. I won't do. I, it's just not my interest. I have I yeah. scaled the walls and 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 the depths of the ocean, and I've done everything that I can to understand what it's like to truly live and live by means really live and <laughs> come back and live <laughs> or, yes or survive that's why yeah. i know the feeling of life and why i am so uh I, I i sit here today and i truly mean it from my heart that i will do whatever it takes to make sure that our consumers are happy because it is all about making sure everything is is Perfectly the same way in happiness and and and, uh, and integrity on from the farmer, from the earth, from the ocean, for everyone we have connected with and everyone that we are associating with. We want everyone to receive the very best, and the very best with truth and honor. That's it. And I'm there, yeah. for everyone. If anyone wants to reach out to me. It would be my absolute pleasure to 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 talk with you, to email with you, to Instagram with you. Um, yeah, hit me on share yeah. Instagram, uh, united.harvest for Instagram. I hope you don't mind me doing that, but I just I'm not big on plugging stuff. But I just I I just want people to have the best, to feel great, to bloody live. Yes, yes. Yes, that that is the important part. And that's what I've been trying to relay just in uh, since United Harvest has come on as a presenting sponsor, just trying to relay the message of, hey, there, there's some good stuff here. Um, and it, like I've said it in a couple apps, life's, life's too short to be going to the grocery store and buying subpar meat. I mean, why? And, it, and giving most of your money away to the middleman who doesn't really care about you anyway. Yes. Right? Yeah. Just think about that. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm dead set going to have a lot of middlemen trying to track me down. But the, but the thing is, is that you take that out, take the middleman out, you know, the grocery stores and what have you, then you can give the rancher, the farmer, a greater opportunity to attend to his, 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 his land, his soil, his cattle, his or I should say his or her. Because um, there's a lot of incredible women ranchers out there that I've met, unbelievable. Um, and so um, you know, and then it goes to that that as I said earlier on in the piece, it goes to that affecting the family, you know. So you get a yeah. product, yeah, you get it shipped straight to your door. 
It, yeah, and it's it's flash froze. I mean, it and it's not sitting wh- in a shelf or in a holding bay for six weeks. Yes, stained with red dye and all this other bullshit that you want to. Well, you can really tell when you thaw it out. It's still very, very fresh. Incredibly fresh. I was never one. There, you could never sell me frozen meat. Yeah, same. You could never sell me frozen meat as a butcher. Same, same here. But I honestly. have seen the process firsthand, and and I I I, I notice now when I'm not eating United Harvest because you know I'll eat at restaurants and whatnot, but on the road. I, I have you know I have the I have the team send me boxes of United Harvest to wherever I'm scheduled to be for the week or two, and I, just, <laughs> and I, I have to arrive because it's so good. It feels it just I can't explain it. There's something about the energy of the food in in all of all in all of our animal lines: the pork, the lamb. The, but there's something that is, you know, being out on the land with them, I know, and being with the ranchers, they're all in such great moods and they're all, yeah, you know, yeah, they're all they're all dedicated, but they've got such great energy and such dedication that it's just like, I don't, I don't think you'd call it work. I think you'd call it a labour of love or something. This great dedication of wanting to give the best. It's pretty. It's it's pretty bloody cool. It's really cool, and I, I hope that many people, like more people, can see the American farmer, or just the the world farmer, in that light. Just as you, just as you see that, I want the consumers to see it that way. And that's where I think, uh, and I know we're giving a really big ad to United Harvest, but that's where I think that they're hitting the winning lottery on this is they're trying to be as transparent as possible. I mean, they're being as transparent as possible as a, as a company distributing meat products, you can find out exactly where that meat comes from and, and they're not going to hide anything about it. Yeah. 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 Thanks mate. No. Look, I don't, I don't, I'm not big on advertising. It's just, it really is, um, you know, not big on plugging stuff. It just, it's, you don't want to make a commercial out of stuff. It's just the old, For sure. the old way of doing things. But, hey, when you truly love something and you truly want the best for people, no. what, what more can you say? This is not an advertisement. It's just we're just talking. We're just, we're just talking the truth. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. Mate. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. But you have my first podcast with you. Thank you so much. I, yeah. Sorry, this took a this went a little over time. I told you an hour, but we're at we're at a little over than that. Yeah. Sorry, people. I'm, I'm sure you're bored shitless. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, Pleasure. Thank you, Chef. Stay on um, a little while after we say our goodbyes. Just yeah. just for the platform to make sure that it like catches everything. But I'll, we'll say goodbyes really quick. Just stay on afterward. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, Chef, I really appreciate you coming on, taking your time out of your day. Uh, it's been you've told great stories. You're not you're a reoccurring guest now too. So this this is your first podcast, but it will not be your last. <laughs> well, let's cook one day. We'll do a podcast. Yes, we're going to do it in person. All right, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm down. I'm well, down. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks. 
Thanks, Kenneth. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with the chef. He's an incredible guy. I hope to have him on again, uh, and I will have him on again, and it's going to be in person next time, hopefully with the other United Harvest crew and maybe with some video. That'd be cool too. Post some video so you guys can see what's going on behind uh, the mics. Yes, behind the scenes. Uh, come back next week, an incredible episode for you guys. Um, I just have incredible episodes every week. I mean, I'm not humble on that. I feel like they're all great. So uh, I hope you enjoy them. <laughs> uh, again, uh, thanks for the support. Um, email me, guys, if you know of any bacon that's incredible. Shoot me an email at cannonbrown at baronmedia.com and uh, we'll get them hooked up with United Harvest guys. Thank you guys. Come back next week. I love you.